I did the same thing in the first service. I forgot my message notes. Man, that was awesome, wasn't it? They, um, these students have been working on this a couple months, and um, they put their heart and soul into it, <coughs> as you could tell today. <coughs> um, this past week, it's been like that all week. Um, I took 56, we took 56 kids down there, or students down um, to the beach on Sunday, and um, 20 adults, and it's been like that all week. I realized that these students, <coughs> that's the stuff they're going through. They're going through that st- same stuff every day of their life. It was amazing to hear stories of kids that was um, dealing with demons and stuff that were 11 and 12 years old that I didn't think somebody that young could deal with or had to deal with, but they do. And that skit right there just showed that all we have to do is run to Jesus and he'll be there for us. It's a very powerful skit. But we had fun at the beach. First of all, let me say I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry I feel like I hit a truck this morning and the truck won. Um, <laughs> I got a cold yesterday. I thought I could overcome it, but I'm struggling with it. But I'm here, so if I cough. And some of the students pick on me because they know if I'm teaching or talking and I start crying, I'll start coughing before I cry. So I'm be doing both of them today, students. Um, but like I said, we went to Cherry Grove Beach on Sunday. We had a great time. There was a lot of things going on. There was um, kids built relationships. I look at them this morning and I see that some, some of them are sitting beside people that they never talked to before in youth group. You know, they built relationships. They built relationships with the leaders that went. I built relationships with some of the kids I never met before. I built relationships with some of the leaders that went for the first time. That's what it was all about. There was, um, we laughed together. We cried together. We sang together. They sang, I didn't sing. Um, we played, we sang karaoke together. We um, drank nasty stuff together that I'm still tasting this morning. We bonded. We bonded. It was a great week. But above all that, real quick story about camp is that for the week before camp and the week before that, the devil was trying everything he could for me to cancel camp. He put a lot of things on my mind and, and put obstacles in my way that I didn't know if camp was going to happen. The Friday before the Friday before camp, we um, was $2,200 short for our houses. They needed the money by Monday morning. I didn't know what I was going to do. The car wash was canceled that Saturday, and that's what I was hoping for. The car wash was canceled because of the rain. So I didn't know what to do. I prayed to God and said, what do you want me to do? He said, let me take it from here. <clears throat> Monday morning, when I came into work, I was going through the finances and stuff like that. We went from <clears throat> $2,200 short to $2,200 to the good. Just like that. There was a lot of obstacles in the way, 
Even the obstacles that happened at the beach. You know? But because of the devil tried to stop it, three kids accepted Christ for the first time. Two of, them, two of them got baptized right down there where we was at with their parents' permission. But they got baptized. Numerous, numerous of students rededicated their life. Our theme, our theme was rise up, and that's what they did. Rise above, that's what they did. But I want to say, I know Donnie touched on it a while ago, I want to say camp, thirst camp, it could not happen without you guys. It could not happen with the support of fundraisers, <clears throat> giving the food, and the kids ate good, trust me, they ate good, and just helping out, volunteering around here, doing whatever needs to be done, and just bringing them to the church. That's the big thing, just bringing them to the church. So students, give them a hand. <laughs> Our, um... Like I said, our, our theme last week was rise above. We talked about rising above our choices, our, t- our temptation, jealousy, defeat, peer pressure. We learned to rise above the crowd and learn to rise to the occasion to serve God. And that's what, that's what I want to teach on today to you guys. I want to um, just carry on the message. The students have heard some of this at camp. They ain't heard it all, but... I heard some of it, and I just want to talk to you a little bit about that today, about rising above. I know there's a lot of things in your, in, our, um, in your lives you need to rise above. There are things that are holding you back or down that hinder you from rising to the occasion letting God run your life. It could be anything. It could be your work. It could be your relationship with your family, relationships with your friends. It could be addictions. It could be just people holding you back. I'm going to give you three things today to help you rise above so you can continue your walk with Christ and grow closer to him. I'm going to give you three things. We're going to start off in um, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. It should be on the screen in your message notes so you can turn your Bibles on or look them up. But in verse 1 it says... Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Okay, this story, this story we learned about this week and I'm about today is a man named Zacchaeus. You ever heard of Zacchaeus? I think there was a little kid song about him. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, wee little man, something like that. But Zacchaeus was a, um, he was a tax collector. And he was working for the Roman government who collected taxes from his own people. And he was often cheating his own people to gain more for himself. He was greedy, he was a traitor, and he was an outcast. Basically, people couldn't stand this guy. They hated this guy. 
Not only did he have all these downfalls, he was short. Now, I promise you, I will not pick on the short people today. I got a lot of short jokes, but I'm not going to pick on short people today. This whole road right here, I'm not going to pick on y'all. Um, <coughs> I'm not going to pick on you, but I will tell you this. Y'all think y'all got it rough. Tall people's got it rough. We cannot walk into a Walmart with somebody asking us to pick something off the top shelf for them. We can barely fit in a convertible without taking the top down. So we have a hard life, too. It ain't just the short people. But, but back to the story. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus heard Jesus was coming to town. He heard about all the miracles and all the lives Jesus had changed. He wanted to see Jesus but couldn't because of the crowd. Now, this, the crowd was surrounding Jesus, and because Zacchaeus was so short, he couldn't see Jesus. Have you ever been to a ball game or a concert, and there's that one painting the, the bottom butt, painting the butt guy sitting in the front row that won't sit down through the whole concert? Could you imagine going to a Justin Timberlake concert and you sitting in the second row and you want Justin to see you because if he catches your eyes, he's going to marry you and all this stuff. <laughs> right, Bree? Right, Bree? <laughs> but anyway, you're sitting there, but he can't, Justin can't see you because this idiot on the front row won't sit down. Well, that's the way, that's the way Zacchaeus was. He couldn't see. It's annoying. Well, that's the way it was. Now, um... Zacchaeus not being able to see Jesus because of the crowd is a very important statement. It's a powerful statement to me. That's what I was talking about this week. I want you to think about your life. Who is your crowd? Who is keeping you from seeing Jesus? Who are you hanging out with that's stopping you from seeing Jesus for whatever reason? And this brings us to our first point. Now, like Zacchaeus did in verse 4, he climbed the tree to see Jesus and rise above the crowd. So our first step is climb the tree. Climb the tree. Don't let people or things stand in your way in following Jesus. Climb that tree. Stand above the crowd so Jesus can see you. Climb that tree and yell like you would at a Panthers game. Now, who yells at football games? Most times it's at the referees, right? But um, we yell. We yell at Panthers game. Even at my house, when I'm by myself, I'll yell at the Panthers game. I don't know who's going to hear me, but they'll yell at me. Why can't we yell out to Jesus like we would at a ball game? Don't look. Just yell, Jesus, I am here. See me. Get away from that crowd and yell out to them, Jesus, I need you. Don't let distractions like people get in your way. Now, when I rededicated my life six years ago, I had people in my life that was telling me I couldn't and shouldn't be a Christ follower or work with the students because who I was. Also, I just wasn't, it wasn't just people telling me that. It was my own insecurities that was stopping me. But it was people in my life telling me, Hey, you, you can't do that. Christ ain't going to forgive you for what you've done. You hurt too many people in your life. God is not going to forgive you. 
But finally, I had to climb the tree above all the negativity, above, above all the people in my life telling me I couldn't do it or I shouldn't do it. I finally climbed the tree and yelled out to Jesus, hey, find me. I need you. And he found me. He still has his way of finding me sometimes when I get sidetracked or distracted, because we all do. But he still finds me. It's time we climb the tree and experience the amazing love he has for us. Climb the tree and realize our purpose for our lives. Now, because Zacchaeus climbed the tree, Jesus saw him. If we don't climb the tree, we might miss out on the opportunity. We might miss out on the calling of our lives. Point two. In the same verse we just read, um, I want to introduce you to another character that's in that verse. You have Zacchaeus. You had the crowd that distracted Zacchaeus. You had Jesus. He was the hero. You also have the sycamore tree. The sycamore tree is a very important character in this verse. What did the tree do for Zacchaeus? It enabled him to rise above the crowd so he could see Jesus. Not only do we need to climb the tree, we need to be the tree. So what about you? Are you a good tree? Are you a good friend? People ask me a lot of times when we're talking and stuff, especially teenagers and some adults, ask me, I don't know my purpose. I don't know my calling. God hasn't cleared it up to me what he wants me to be. Well, I'll tell you one thing, one thing that he did call all Christ followers to do, and that's to be a tree for somebody else. He called us to be a tree for somebody else to climb to see Jesus when they can't. So if if you ever think you don't have a purpose, that's your purpose as a Christ follower. I have a I have a friend that when I rededicated my life, um, he was there for me no matter what. He was there for me. He was planted firm, and when I needed someone to lean on and to hold me up, he was there. He's still there for me today, but he lives a little farther away. But every time I would stumble or something like that would happen, he was there for me. It was a phone call away when, when my family or other friends wasn't there. He was there for me. He, he kept me grounded. He was, he, was, he was the type of person that would tell you the truth, whether you wanted to hear it or not. He kept me grounded. And I feel like God has called me to be that to the students. I mean, you can ask these students, sometimes they ask me stuff, and I'll just, I'll tell them the truth. I don't baby them. Well, I do sometimes. But I don't, I don't baby them. I'll tell them when it's wrong. I'll tell them when it's time to change, that they need to try something else. That's what, we, that's what trees do. God has called me to be a tree to the students and to some of the adults. And I feel like I am. But I'm going to be real with you for a minute. I'm human. I make mistakes. I make bad decisions. 
I make quick decisions without asking God. Sometimes I like to control things and tick everybody else off. But, I'm a, but I will tell you this about the students from the bottom of my heart. <coughs> that was a crying cough in case y'all was wondering. I'm going to tell you something about the students. I love them, and they know that. Everything, every decision I make is for the best interest of the students. It might not be for everybody, but I try my best to make the right decisions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take people off. I'm going to make people mad. But everything I do, I, I do it on, based on the students, and I do it for the glory of God. And whatever happens is for his glory, not mine. So let me ask you about being a tree. Do you have strong roots? Do you have strong roots being a tree? Now, the root system of a tree performs many functions. Root Roots store food needed and absorb and transport water and minerals from the soil and anchor the tree to the ground. Now, what about your root system? Do you have a solid foundation that when storms come or when life gets tough that you don't hide, give up, or break? How is your roots? Our root system is the anchor in how we move forward after the bad days that are filled with doubt, pain, hurt, and confusion. Our root system is based on our relationship with Christ. That's where we get the minerals from, right? From Christ. We cannot be a sycamore tree for others to see Jesus without us growing and developing our love for Jesus each day. So how can we be a healthy tree for others? In Psalms 1.1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wickeder stand in the way that sinners take or set in the company of mockers. Now the first piece of wisdom <coughs> to help others rise above is for us to not to walk, stand, or sit in the same way as the crowd. Are you saying one thing today on Sunday and saying something else tomorrow when you get to work? Are we following Jesus today and tomorrow we go back to our worldly ways? That's not being a strong tree, a healthy tree for anybody right there. I know we all do it because we're not perfect. But that's not being a strong, a strong tree. Psalms 1-2 says, But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night? If you want to know how our root system gets anchored to our life, in our life, it's by reading and filling our minds with the word of God. It's by realizing that our relationship with God is as good as our relationship with his word. I encourage these students all the time to read their Bible. A lot of times I don't call it the Bible, I call it their life book or the playbook. Because there's a lot of things, they, I get them an hour a week or an hour and a half a week. There's a lot of things I can't teach them. <coughs> There's a lot of things Jimmy and Donnie and, and myself, when we teach, we can't teach you. It's your responsibility to open that Bible and read it. When I used to coach baseball, I used to tell the parents, I only get your kids two, two hours a week to teach them the game of baseball. It's up to you after we get off the practice field to, to work with them. 
I can't, I can't do it all. I can't do it in two hours a week. That's what the Bible does. The Bible has every answer you need to find in that Bible. Whatever you're dealing with, it's in there. Now Psalms 1-3 says, <coughs> That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Now the best place for a tree is in the location where it gets nutrients it needs, right? A tree flourishes by water. I mean, you ever heard of a tree growing in the middle of the desert? Besides cactuses. But not many trees grow in the desert. There's no water. Trees need water. Being a tree for others also means you need to be fed and watered also. Being a tree for somebody don't mean, oh, I know it all and I ain't got to study. I ain't got to read my Bible. I don't have to come to church. I'm a good tree. Trees have to be fed too. When me and Donnie and Jimmy's up in here, a lot of times when I don't get to hear Jimmy or Donnie don't get to hear Jimmy, we're watching sermons or listening to Jimmy's podcast or something like that. We have to be fed. We don't get fed on Sunday mornings like y'all do, but we find a way to get fed. And it's by reading our Bible or something like that. I tell you where you ain't going to get fed at. It's going at home at night and watching True Blood on HBO. Or listening to Lil Wayne. Y'all know who Lil Wayne is? Or Eminem. That's a rapper, in case y'all didn't know who Lil Wayne is. He wasn't a short person. That's not a short joke. That's his rapping name. But that's, um, we're not going to get fed by listening to that or watching that. Feeding your roots will give you a solid foundation so when storms come, you will stand firm and be strong for other people that needs a friend in Christ. Okay, point three. Once you climb the tree, you be the tree. Point three is you need to rise to the occasion. Now we talked about Zacchaeus just a little bit ago. So I'm going to talk about real quick. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm going to summarize it. I'm going to talk, you about, talk to you about my favorite story in the Bible, my favorite character in the Bible, and that's David, the story of David and Goliath. Now, King Saul, he was faced with a problem. He was faced with a giant problem, some people can say, but he had a problem. His men were scared to death of this giant of a man named Goliath. They were shimmering in fear, but God spoke to one little wee little man that was just a teenager, and here's what's happened. God told, God told David to step up and go kill the giant Goliath. So he listened to God and went to, to, um, and told King Saul, I'll do it. I'll kill that giant. If you want to win, put me in. Now, can you imagine, can you imagine Saul when this little man... This little teenager come up and said that about this big giant. He was probably laughing and saying, you can't kill him. You're just a boy. You're just a runt. There's no way you can defeat him. Let me tell you something. That's our culture of today, ain't it? People in the world telling us we can't do something. So instead of doing something we're not comfortable doing, we just back down. We stay in our comfort zone. 
That's my main point today is about comfort zone. We stay in our comfort zone when something gets rough or tough. Sometimes staying in your comfort zone will miss, you'll miss your calling. You'll miss your purpose if you stay in your comfort zone. Sometimes we have to step up or out or do the hard things that God wants us to do. Now, you think David wasn't scared? I believe he was. But God knew he was weak and he was in fear. I'm going to give you two side notes about doing the hard things. It's not in your notes, but you can write them down if you want to. But number one is God works through our weakness to accomplish his big plans. God works through our weakness to accomplish his big plans. When I started working with the youth in 2008, I had a weakness. I had a weakness when I was asked to work with them and I didn't want to. I had a, I had a big weakness. You know what my weakness was? Kids. I couldn't stand kids. I did not like kids. I had a kid of my own. I didn't like him. I did not, I did not like kids. God knew, and then there's another thing. I didn't like people either. I did not like people. I was a loner. I thought I could do everything myself. But basically, I didn't like kids, and God put me going to camp with a bunch of teenagers. Now, I couldn't even get my life straightened out, much less teach the kids something. But what did, what did, what did God call me to do? Work with students. I like students now. I'm like a grandparent. I like to get them to go to camp and spool them and do all this fun stuff with them and get tired of them and send them home. That's why I like kids now. And because of that, because God put me in the place, not only I got one son, and I started to like him, I like him now. I got two more sons. I kind of like them sometimes. God's still, I'm working progress. I'm, I'm getting better. But God works through our weakness to accomplish his big plans. The second thing is courage is not the absence of fear. Now, David was scared and terrified, but he knew God called him to face the giant and gain courage and step out of his comfort zone and face the giant. I'm going to tell you a story. Who in here likes animals? Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. Don't boo me. I can't stand them. I do not like animals. I like your animals. It's your house where you can clean up their poop. I like your animals. I don't like animals. When everybody got back yesterday, I was out in the parking lot and Stacy and Kyle pulled up. Shoot, they were the last ones to get here and they come out of the car and Kyle says, look, Jason, I got a hermit crab. Oh, there we go. We got crabs in the house now. Because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to be sleeping and that crab's going to knock over his cage and crawl up on my bed and it's going to be right there. And I'm going to have a heart attack. I don't like animals. But I'll tell you that I do, I am fascinated with watching people, watching shows and reading up on people that train animals. I love to see police dogs where, where the um, policeman will get the dog to sit and about an hour later he'll come back and let him move. I love watching them kind of dogs and the training these different animals, training Flipper to jump and 
what's the well, ocean world, sea world, Shamu, doing all them tricks. I like watching stuff like that. I wish I can get my kids to respond like that sometimes. When I say sit and come back three hours later, they're still there. They just don't do it. I can't even get them to sleep for six hours. But I'm a, I was reading this story a couple weeks ago, and it was fascinating to me. And I wanted to add it to what I was teaching today. <coughs> there's a story. There's a story about how an elephant, a big elephant, like the circus elephants, them big old things, they can be tied to a um, they can be tied to a tree by nothing more than a piece of twine like a piece of yarn, a very piece small of twine. So I was seeing that, and I was like, there's no way. That elephant weighs a couple thousand pounds. That piece of yarn is not going to hold him to a tree. So I started reading on and on. I do read. I know the students don't think I read, but I do read sometimes if it's got pictures. But I was reading, and what happens is this elephant trainer, this elephant trainer was, um, what they do is when they're babies, they take the, the chain, a big heavy chain, and tie it to a big tree. So every time that elephant tried to get away, it would cut in his skin and tear his leg up, and he put it on his right hand, hind leg, so every time he does, the animal, the elephant would hurt because of that big chain. Now after about a couple days, a couple weeks, or a month, that elephant stops chugging or pulling, and then the trainer will, will put a piece of twine around his leg instead of a shackle. The reason he does that, so when the elephant starts to get away, he feels a little bit of resistance on his leg, and he'll stop. He won't go nowhere because of that little bit of resistance. There's, enough, there's nothing but a piece of twine on that elephant's leg, but in his mind, there's heavy shackles. That's the way we are, ain't it? We go do something we ain't comfortable doing, we're just like, oh, that's not going to work, so I'm just going to stop. Because in our mind, it's going to be too hard for us. And whatever it is that we're doing. St- students, adults, anybody in here, Listen to me. If you don't listen to me and anything else I say today, listen to me. The world has been lying to us. They tell us when something is hard and out of our comfort zone, we should stop. If we're not comfortable doing it, stop. Whether it is in your job, your life, following Christ, we stop because we just don't want to do it. We don't want to be hurt like the elephant. When we do that, when we stop because of the pain, this is what happens. We miss our credible purpose of God. You know, I see students in here that, you know, I see a lot in all these different students, but I see some of them and a couple of them that I know that they're going to be youth pastors. I know they're going to be pastors. I know they're going to be praise and worship pastors. I know they're going to be missionaries. It's not easy. Trust me, it's not easy. But life ain't easy. But being a Christ follower and accepting Christ, 
It's not going to be easy. You have to get out of your comfort zone sometimes. You're going to miss out if you don't. I'd like for the band to come up right now. We're going to close in the song. But the students learned this week, it's time to rise up, rise above our fears, weaknesses, and climb that tree. And find Jesus and let him know we are looking for him and want him. Today, it's time to break the twine. Break that twine, get out of that comfort zone. The students, they made a commitment to me and the other leaders and to God this week. They wanted out of that comfort zone. <coughs> they was ready to rise above everything that holding them back. They was ready to rise above whatever they're dealing with. You would be amazed at some what these kids are dealing with. You don't see it. You don't see it in them. Just like I walk and see an adult, I don't realize what they're going through until they tell me. But these kids are young. They're going through a lot of things. They need us to be trees. They need us to be trees. They want to climb the tree. They made a commitment this week. We're climbing the tree. <coughs> We're down there. And they made a commitment to God saying, God, there's no place where I'd rather be. I need you, Lord. You should have heard them a couple nights. Oh, well, about every night we, had to, we did service in our big living room. I opened the doors up and had service in there. It held everybody, and they would be singing. People from other cabins around us would come out and watch us, listen to us. We went to the beach one night and just let them sing for a little bit. People were stopping, singing with us, taking pictures. You know, they were saying, hey, I want what that guy got. That's the whole thing. There's kids down there that went down there and they were struggling with life. They might have not knew Jesus or what thirst camp was all about. They just thought they was going to the beach to play in the sand and jump in the ocean. They learned different. They looked at somebody else, one of the other students, and said, I want what he's got. I want what she's got. I had to do that one time in my life, say, I want what he's got. The students cried out to God this week and said, God, set a fire. Set a fire. I want to follow you. Not 10%, not 20%, not 80%, 100%. As I said earlier, three students accepted Christ. All that negativity we had the week before doesn't even matter. <coughs> Our God's awesome. I seen it this week. I look over the balcony, I was like, man, it's raining today, everybody take a nap. I look out there and they all doing push-ups and playing in the rain. So what I do, I had to go down there with them. I didn't do push-ups. 
Man, we got a great group of students, but I'll tell you what, 56 of them went down there, didn't know what to expect. They came back, <laughs> fired up on Jesus. That's the way we should be as adults. This youth group is not the future. These kids up here, they're not the future of the church. They are the now. God don't call when you get to be an old guy, old person, adult, to find people and go search for people. They call, he calls the young ones. I had eight new people that don't even go to this church came to camp. They go to other churches or they, go to, they don't go to church. But because somebody in this youth group invited them to camp. Hey, let's go to camp. Let's go have fun on the beach. They didn't tell them we was going to learn about Jesus. When we got them down there, they learned about Jesus. And most of them are sitting in here today or in the first service. Them and their parents. You tell me that's not a miracle? We want that fire. If there's something, if there's something today that you're dealing with that's keeping you from following Jesus, and it could be work, it could be drugs, alcohol, relationships, money, finances. If you need somebody to pray for you, just write rise on your connection card. And neither me or one of the staff members will pray for you this week. If you want us to call and talk to you, put it on there what you need to talk about, we'll call you. We want to help you. We want to be that tree for you. We want you to be a tree for others. So I'm going to ask you to stand tonight, today, and sing this last song with us. This song the kids love. Just cry out to God. You want him. You want more of him. It's amazing. It's a great feeling to have that fire that Jesus gives to us. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for coming today. Let's pray. God, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for being with the students last week. Thank you for being with everybody this, um, this weekend. I know everything didn't go as planned, God, but we know that you had your hands on it the whole time. You have, you have three more children now, God. God, I want to pray for everybody here today that's maybe dealing with something in their life that's keeping them from following you like they should. Lord, we need you. We need you, we need you bad, Lord. We can't do life without you, God. Pray for everybody that's maybe don't know God. That some, re, some way they'll find, find you today or ask questions about you. I want to pray for everybody. I want to pray for Pastor Jimmy and um, Karen who's traveling in Germany. Pray for everybody to make sure they get home safe today. God, I just want to pray for Rocky River Church and lift it up, what it's doing in the community, and what it's doing with the students' lives, the kids' lives, the adults' lives. God, we want more of you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Bye. Love you. Get out of here.